obscure uh, passage uh, in the Old Testament. Uh, it's in the book of Habakkuk, and uh, that's not a place where we normally um, visit. And uh, way over in the, the Old Testament, uh, right after the book of, of Nahum, and right before the book of Zephaniah. And um, I want to read uh, a few verses here, and then we'll just kind of work through these here this morning. Uh, Habakkuk chapter 1, and I would like to point your attention to verse 1. The Bible says, The burden which Habakkuk the prophet did see, O Lord, how long shall I cry that thou wilt not hear? Even cry unto thee of violence, and thou wilt not save. Why dost thou show me iniquity and cause me to behold grievance? For spoiling and violence are before me, and there are and there are that raise up strife and contention. And so we want the Lord to minister here today, and and I'm just going to pray again that let's ask the Lord to touch our hearts and our minds here today as we are praying, Lord. We know, God, that we need supernatural wisdom and insight. And I pray, Lord, today, God, that this word would minister and it would touch, Lord, every heart, God, that somehow, Lord, that this seed, Lord, would fall on on a good soil and it would be an encouragement and a help to every one of us. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. This text here, I uh, will tell you the last time that I preached from uh, this particular uh, book in the Bible uh, was in September, September, right after the Sunday after September the 11th in 2001, and um, it was shortly after uh, the world, the terrorists had attacked the World Trade Center and then the Pentagon, and they were uh, actually targeting the White House as well. And uh, some of these questions that were being asked uh, here, uh, I think, is, is really uh, going to speak to and help us to keep our feet on the ground while we're dealing uh, right now with this uh, pandemic that we are facing globally. If you look back into the history of behind this book, Habakkuk was a, a prophet uh, and he had some peers, and his peers were Jeremiah and the prophet Nahum and also the prophet Ze- Zephaniah. It came at a time during Israel's history, uh, somewhere around 625 B.C. to 575 B.C., during that period of about 50 years, and it comes at a point where that uh, Israel is preparing uh, for the prophets really are trying to prepare them uh, for the captivity that is about to come from the Babylonians. When you look at all the kings that had been uh, present during that reign, the majority uh, of those had had not been good kings. Uh, in fact, most of them were, were bad kings. And uh, there was one whose name was Josiah, uh, Josiah did bring about some reform and, and a revival uh, to take place there, but uh, generally when you look at that, there were horrible kings such as uh, Manasseh 
and the nation had progressively turned to idolatry and there was even uh, some gross uh, idolatry or immorality that was involved in all of that. And these prophets came along and they began to cry out. Habakkuk, uh, Jeremiah, Nahum, Zephaniah represented a, a very small remnant uh, of, of prophets and preachers during uh, that time and they were a remnant, they were solid servants of the Lord uh, and yet their voices went very much almost unheeded. And uh, while there's a whole lot more to the biblical history surrounding uh, those that, that were there in Habakkuk's time, what I've just told you is just a small thumbnail of some of the details that was taking place there. And so it was that, that Habakkuk's circumstances began to uh, elicit some, some questions uh, in, in his mind. They, they were questions that uh, some would perhaps be even hesitant to ask the Lord. But Habakkuk was a, a, a prophet that marched basically to a, a different beat. And uh, when you look at what is taking place there. He, he asked a couple of questions, and if you have your Bible still open, I want to point out to you some of those questions. The first uh, question and, and answer that God answers back is found in the first 11 verses, and, and Habakkuk basically asked the question. He's saying, Lord, are you going to uh, bring, are you going to punish Judah? And, and the Bible gives the response there. God answers back uh, to, to Habakkuk. He said, yes, Habakkuk, I am uh, going to punish Judah. And, and then you look to verses 12 uh, and following. He asked another question. He's saying, Lord, he said, now are you going to punish Babylon? And God comes back and he says, yes, I am. I am going to punish Babylon uh, as well. And, and while the details of this is, is very, uh, there's, there's a lot of more detail to it, I want to kind of use this uh, to branch off into a direction that maybe will stimulate uh, our thinking here today. But the time frame uh, that Habakkuk lived in 2,600 years ago is very fitting for our time uh, today. And while we may or may not necessarily see that uh, this is the judgment of the Lord that is coming, I will uh, point out to you what the Bible says in Mark chapter 13 and verses 7 and 8 from the ESV. It says it like this, and, and when you hear of wars and rumors of wars, do not be alarmed. This must take place, but the end is not yet. For nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. There will be earthquakes in various places. There will be famines and these are but the beginning of the birth pains. And then when you match that up with Luke chapter 21 and verse 11, which is a cross-reference to what uh, the Olivet Discourse is in Mark 13, that there is a word there that, that Luke inserts, and he talks about the pestilence. And so we have those things taking place uh, in our world today. In fact, uh, there was an earthquake this morning while most of us were still asleep. 
that took place across uh, our world. And, and yet we come to this place where that uh, we look at what is taking place and, and all of us have our own set of difficulties and challenges that we face. We, we all know what it's like uh, to, to have to deal with heartache and, and to deal with sorrow and to deal uh, with loss. We know what it's like to have to have sickness and, and trouble and distress and, and sometimes even mental weariness that settles in on our spirits. And here is what happens. It's during those moments uh, that the enemy of our soul tries to play uh, with our doubts and cause us to move in to a place where we start asking ourselves questions about uh, the existence of God and wondering where is God at in all of this. And yet I'm brought to mind what, what Paul wrote to the church at Ephesus in Ephesians 6 whenever he said that we are to take up the shield of faith so that that shield of faith will quench all the fiery darts of the wicked, and, and that is where uh, we're at. And yet when you backtrack and look to what Habakkuk is saying, Habakkuk is asking a question. He's saying, Lord, are you going to punish uh, Judah? And, and that was his question. Our question may follow these lines. Lord, uh, are you still in control of this world at this moment in history? And, and uh, other question, where is God and why uh, hasn't this been remedied and, and taken care of? And, and uh, is God too weak to do something about uh, this pandemic? All of those questions that you have in your mind were questions that a minor prophet asked Ask, and yet there was that part where that he played the role as a minor prophet and yet there is a major message that you find here in his writings. It's important that we keep our eye on the word of the Lord during these times because there are promises and there are things that we can have in our spirits that will help us to keep our feet on the ground and to realize that God is completely in total control Control of what is taking place. God cares about his church and God cares about us individually. Habakkuk begins in this first chapter here. He, he, he has a, a difficult problem. Notice with me there what the Bible says in Habakkuk 1 and 1. It says the burden of the Lord or the burden which Habakkuk the prophet did see. He is a man and he is saying under the inspiration of the Holy Ghost. That's how these men came to the scriptures that, that he, he, he has a crushed heart. There's a weary mind and a bent over spirit and, and he, why did he get to that place? Because of what he was seeing. You, you look there, he, he says in verse two, he said, oh Lord, how long shall I cry and thou wilt not hear me? Even cry out unto thee of violence and thou wilt not save. It, it's almost like that, uh, that Habakkuk is asking God. He's saying, God, he said, it appears uh, to me that you would almost be indifferent to what is taking place. I'm surrounded by problems. I am a preacher of truth. 
attitudes. I am a man that is sold out to what you have called me to do and yet whenever I pray, it seems like uh, that the heavens are brass. That, that Lord, do you hear uh, my cry? You, it seems like, and he says that. He said, Lord, you're not even hearing my cry and it doesn't appear to me that, that you're even working uh, to save uh, again. You look at that word there, cry, in uh, that verse. It shows up twice. Oh, Lord, how long shall I cry? The first cry is a plea for help. He's asking the Lord, Lord, please help me. We've all been at that place in our lives before. And then you look at that second word there, that the, that the word appears, even cry unto thee of violence, and thou wilt not say. That word that is used there is a different, Hebrew word and it's almost that you could translate it into state that, that Habakkuk is now shouting or screaming out uh, his prayers but the heaven seems to be so so distant God why don't you do something and yet Habakkuk is not the only one that is at that place Jeremiah said it in a similar way in Jeremiah chapter or Lamentations chapter 3 and beginning in verse 8 Lamentations 3 and 8. Also when I cry and shout, he shutteth out my prayer. He hath enclosed my ways with hewn stone. He hath made my paths crooked. He was unto me as a bear lying in wait and as a lion in secret places. He hath turned aside my ways and pulled me in pieces. He hath made me desolate. That is the words of a prophet that is talking to the Lord. And, and he is saying, Lord, I, I'm speaking to you. My, uh, my peer, my brother, Habakkuk, we're all saying the same thing and yet it appears that the heavens are brass and, and uh, that you do not hear us. I, I suppose that, that these men that seem to be closest to the Lord, Jeremiah was a man that uh, was greatly used and yet the Bible speaks of him as being a weeping prophet. But let's go back now in, in our time. It is, it is the month of March and, and uh, 2020. If you look back to six months ago, that would have put us in the month of September of 2019. This thought that what we're having to contend with today, how the church that we never would have thought that we would be in places of empty buildings and that none of these circumstances were even remotely in our minds and if somebody would have even suggested uh, them to us we would have asked questions we were like you, you've got to be kidding there's no way uh, that this can take place and yet every one of our lives has been totally changed certainly within the last uh, week some maybe in the two weeks or so and, and so these men these prophets of God they're asking questions but, but look with me to Habakkuk chapter one and, and verse three. Let's move on in to this part. He, he's saying that, that, Lord, why do you show me iniquity and cause me to behold grievance? For spoiling and violence are before me and there are they that raise up strife and, con and contention and therefore the law is slack and judgment 
it doesn't seem to go forward because the wicked, they compass about the righteous and therefore wrong judgment is proceeding. Habakkuk struggles with his indifference and he struggles with the seeming inactivity to the Lord. He, he seems to think, God, you're there, but your arms are folded and it doesn't seem to be that there is a single thing uh, that you are doing. Lord, hadn't you noticed lately? Uh, haven't you looked down here? Our world, Judah, Israel, is in an absolute mess. There's violence everywhere. There is immorality everywhere. There are laws that are coming about that they seem to be hindering the progress of righteousness. That's what Habakkuk would say in his day. But let's change it up a little bit. Lord, uh, can't you see there's there's a pandemic? It's, it's no longer regional. It, it's no longer uh, national. It, it's no longer continental. But Lord, now we are at a place where that this thing has affected our entire globe. Our economy is teetering. Our politicians, they seem uh, to look weak and they seem to be squabbling among themselves. The medical people seem to be overwhelmed and, and it seems like to us that there is more that is going on to this picture. That would be the part where uh, that we would be at here today with our particular mindset. And, and uh, last week, just a few days ago, in fact, I... Uh, received a text message from Brother Craig Sully, who is our one of our missionaries over in Senegal, and his text message came to me like this. He said, we are now shut in. Our borders are closed off and there is no exit and that uh, if the only possibility of exit is, is if the U.S. government perhaps decides that they're gonna come in and take American citizens and move them. And so it's constantly that part. You're thinking about the elders. You're thinking about what can be the outcome of this uh, particular thing and this particular matter. And now we We've heard that, that there are people even in our fellowship, ministers and ministers' wives and saints of God that are affected and Habakkuk brings along and begins to ask the question, Lord, where are you at? It appears that you would seem uh, to be inactive. I think that some of that has to do perhaps with uh, we have lived at a place where that we have had a lot of prosperity and we've had a lot of positive things. There's been no real struggle with persecution and now all of a sudden it seems like that you step in and, and that everywhere you look there is trouble uh, that's all around. But, but look with me to verse 5. The Bible says there, Behold ye among the heathen and regard and wonder marvelously for I will work a work in your days which ye will not believe though it be told you. For lo, I raise up the Chaldeans, that bitter and hasty nation which shall march through the breadth of the land to possess the dwelling places that are not there. So back it comes to that part now. He, he looks at where it seems like that God is indifferent. It seems like that God is not active. And now it's at that place where that, that the Lord, when the Lord finally does speak to Habakkuk, it's like Habakkuk does not want to hear 
what the Lord tells him. And he says, Habakkuk, he said, I am working. I, I am hearing you right now. Listen to me. I'm raising up a group, I'm raising up a nation, I'm raising up a, an army, the Chaldeans. Another word for the Chaldeans would be the Babylonians. And look at the description that he gives there. He, he says that they're bitter, which means that uh, they're, they're very cruel. He says they're hasty, which means that they are very uh, swift. They're going to march on your land, Habakkuk, and they're going to bring you in to a captivity. And, and then he says to him, he said, Habakkuk, he said, if I was to even tell you what all of the details, he said, you, you wouldn't believe it if I told you. And, and uh, we can relate to that. We ask ourselves, Lord, how in the world is this going to work? I want to point you again to Genesis 50 and 20 of what Joseph said to his brothers. He said, what you meant for evil, God meant for good. And there is that part that even now in our lives that we can come to realize the fact and know that, that even if we seem to think that there is evil or that there is bad that is taking place, listen to me today, church. There will come a day in every one of our lives whenever we will have our hands in the air and we will be calling out glory to his name because the Lord will ultimately have some good that will take place with this situation that we are having to contend with. Notice there in your Bible in verse 12, I'm gonna read this to you from the ESV. He, he asked this question, he said, are you not from everlasting, O Lord my God, my Holy One? We, we shall not die, O Lord. Lord, you have ordained them as judgment and you, O rock, have established them for reproof. You who are of purer eyes than to see evil and cannot look at wrong, why do you look idly at traitors and remain silent when the wicked swallows up the man more righteous than he? He, he starts coming along and, and he's reasoning. He starts arguing with the Lord. Look there in verse 12. He said, Lord, are you not from everlasting, O Lord? In, in another words, he's saying, Lord, you didn't get here yesterday. You've been around for a long time. And, and uh, my holy one, we shall not die. That, that is, he wants to reason with the Lord and say, Lord, you've got it mixed up. It isn't Israel that needs to be punished. Lord, you've ordained them for judgment. And now uh, he starts talking about the Babylonians and he's saying, Lord, not us. You have come to the wrong place. And, and then he gets to that part in verse 13. He says, Lord, you you have there are no eyes that are more pure. And and when you look at evil and when you look at iniquity, I, I know how holy uh, that you are. And it seems like that when you look at this situation, that we would not want, Lord, you to observe evil because Lord, you're pure, you're holy, you're righteous, and I would not want you to look uh, to that. And yet the fact is this: I want 
want to point this out again that God told him. He said, Habakkuk, he said, if I told you what I was doing, you wouldn't believe me. And he said, that's the reason that I haven't told you everything that is taking place here. In, in fact, here is what the Bible says in John chapter 16 and verse 12. He says, I have yet many things to say unto you, Jesus speaking to his disciples almost immediately prior to his crucifixion. And he's saying, I have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them right now. I can't tell you how that I'm gonna unfold my plan and everything is going to work out here. I wanna tell you this here today. We don't live by the explanations that come from God, but rather we live by the promises that come to us from the Lord. God knows what he is doing, church, and I want you to hear me today that don't get overwhelmed with what you see with your sight. Remember what Paul tells us. He's saying, listen to me. He's saying, you don't walk by your sight. You walk by your faith, and if ever there needed to be a moment in every one of our lives. We have to realize the fact is this, is that we believe that the Lord has taken care of everything. If, if I told you, Habakkuk, what I was doing, you wouldn't believe it. So what you're gonna have to do is you're just gonna have to trust me. You do what you're called to do in this season of service and, and I will get you where you need to be, where it will be to the glory of God. You still have your Bibles open. Let, let's move into the next chapter. I want to uh, point you in the direction of chapter two. Notice what the Bible says there in chapter two. Habakkuk chapter two and verse one. I will stand upon my watch and set me upon the tower and will watch to see what he will say unto me. And that what and what I shall answer when I am reproved. And the Lord answered me and said, Write the vision and make it plain upon the tables that he may run that readeth it. For the vision is yet for an appointed time, but at the end that vision is going to speak and it's not going to lie. And though it tarries, Habakkuk, you wait for it because it will surely come and it will not tarry. Here is what you find there in chapter two that all of a sudden Habakkuk finally got to a place where he said, okay, Lord, he said, I've argued with you long enough. I've tried to reason with you long enough and, and yet evidently I, I know I'm a human being and I cannot understand and grasp the greatness of your ways and so here is what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna take your advice, Lord, and I'm gonna sit still and I'm I'm gonna hear, Lord, what you are saying to me. And when he did that, the Bible says that God gave him a very proper perspective and he you start looking through the scriptures and he began to realize that when he said write that vision down the fact is this is that whenever the Lord tells us that there is something to be written down hear me out church that you can count on the word of the Lord because the Lord says this about his book he said heaven and earth is going to pass 
pass away, but my word is gonna stand forever. There's never gonna be a time where that the word of the Lord is going to collapse. And it very well could be that the Lord is using every bit of this to wean us off of our creature comforts and to move us into a place where that we are more understanding of the matters of things that are eternal. And whenever Habakkuk begins to look he begins to realize that the scriptures are gonna sustain him through every bit of his life. F.B. Meyer, one of the old preachers from an earlier age, said it like this. He said, if any promise of God should fail, the heavens, they would clothe themselves with sackcloth. The sun and the moon and the stars would reel from their courses and the universe would rock and a hollow wind would moan through a ruined creation. The awful message that God can lie. That's what he was saying. He was saying that, that if you realize that God is lying and that if he gets away from his purpose, then the sun or the heavens are gonna wear sackcloth. The sun and the moon and the stars are gonna get out of their orbit orbit. That's what would take place if God lied and yet he cannot lie. You find that in the book of Hebrews and the fact is this, is that we can be dependent on what the Lord is having to say but here is what you have to understand. He tells Habakkuk, he said Habakkuk, he said if the vision tarries, if it waits for a little while, he said what I want you to do is I want you to wait on it. You wait and you understand. They that wait upon the Lord shall renew uh, their strength, is what Isaiah said. And so whenever we start looking at the promises, what do the promises look like? Well, skip down uh, just a few verses and look with me to verse 14. Here is what the promise of the Lord is to Habakkuk in Habakkuk 2 and 14. For the earth shall be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. There, there's coming a day that the knowledge of the glory of the Lord is gonna cover this globe. There will but not be a pandemic. There will not be an earthquake. There will be nothing that is going to destroy the plan of God because it's promised to us in the word that that is what will take place. Look with me to Zechariah, Zechariah chapter 14 and verse eight. <coughs> The Bible says, and it shall be in that day that living waters shall go out from Jerusalem, half of them toward the former sea and half of them toward the hinder sea. In summer and in winter shall it be and the Lord shall be king over all the earth. In that day shall there be one Lord and his name is one. That is a promise that you can build your life on. But think with me what Jesus said in the Sermon on the Mount. More promises from Matthew 5 in verse 3. He said, blessed are the poor in spirit for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are they that mourn for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek for they shall inherit the earth and blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness for they shall be filled. Blessed are the merciful for they shall obtain mercy and blessed are the pure in heart for they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers 
perish, for they shall be called the children of God, and blessed are they which are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are ye when men shall revile you and persecute you and shall say all manner of evil against you falsely for my sake. Rejoice and be exceeding glad for great is your reward in heaven. For so persecuted they the prophets which were before you the promises of God are going to come to pass. And Habakkuk was having to contend with that in his life. He was saying, you know what? He said, Lord, I know that this is what I see and what I understand. And yet the fact is, is that how do in my mind, how do I get it from what I'm seeing now to believe in the promises of God? I I want you to turn back with me to Habakkuk chapter two and I'll read this verse to you. Habakkuk chapter two and verse four. The Bible says, behold, his soul which is lifted up is not upright in him, but the just shall live by his faith. You remember whenever we just uh, a few minutes ago, I mentioned to you that the Lord told Habakkuk, he said, Habakkuk, he said, I've got a plan. And he said, if I were to tell you what that plan was, he said, you wouldn't even understand it or begin to grasp what I'm talking about. And here is what I would point out to you here today. Think about with me for a moment the time frame. 625 BC, 575 BC, six centuries before the coming of the Lord. And yet there was a man that would come along somewhere around 50 AD whose name was the Apostle Paul. It was long after Habakkuk had faced his death and had been cold in the grave for for centuries there. And yet Paul would write that letter to the Romans. Whenever the Romans were under the rulership of a cruel and a harsh Caesar. And what in the world would Paul do? Paul would reach back to the Old Testament. And he would bring these words forth that Habakkuk said. And he would tell a New Testament church there in Rome. He said, I want you to know this church. That the just are going to live by their faith. They're they're not going to live by the law. They're not going to live by their performance, but their faith will be literally in the Son of God. And I want to tell a church here today that whenever we're looking around at the circumstances that we are seeing at this moment, that we have to realize and know that we are in that place like Habakkuk is, that the Lord may not show us everything that is going on with the situation. And I I would be tell you again, be careful for all the YouTubers that are out there and they're pontificating this prophet, that prophet, the other, because you have to remember what that contemporary of, of Habakkuk, Jeremiah said. He said, listen to me, Jeremiah, I believe it's 33, 34, somewhere around about that. He said there are prophets and he said they're coming along and he said they're saying this and that and they're saying the Lord told them this and the other. He said, I'm gonna tell you something. He said they hadn't heard from the Lord. They're not saying anything and the true prophets, the Lord had almost shielded their eyes from what is taking place but I just believe the word of the Lord that even in the midst of this 
this pandemic that we're dealing with right now that there's coming a day and it may be after we're gone but we're gonna look back and we're gonna say the glory of the Lord was in all of that. That the enemy may have somehow, the devil may have in our fallen world tried to take advantage of the glory and the power and the grace of God but hear me out. What do we do? We live by our faith and not by our sight and I know that we cannot gather collectively as a church and there have been times where that if you're a member of this church that you have been involved in explosive worship services where that you felt the authority and the power and the strength of God and my thoughts is this is that maybe what the Lord is doing is that he wants to get the dynamic power that was in this sanctuary which I have to tell you I've got four or five in here with me this morning maybe six or so and that there is a liberty in the Holy Ghost that I'm feeling when the praise team was singing. I could feel the presence of the Lord and it's important church for us to realize that what we have to do is to believe and to know that the power and the strength that we have felt in this building and even in the other building that that can be resident in your home and there can be a transforming work of the power of the Holy Ghost in every one of our lives. The promises are going to come to pass. It may not seem like right now that we can see how this will turn out, but you remember what Habakkuk said. Habakkuk said, the Lord said to him, he said, Habakkuk, he said, if I was to tell you what I was doing right now, he said, you wouldn't believe it. And so what we have to understand as a church is that our relief is not coming from Washington. It's not coming from the World Health Organization. It's not coming and these people are trying to do the very best they can and I pray that supernatural wisdom comes to their lives but remember this, that God is still in control and that the Lord is still moving in his house. He's still moving in his church and that there is a power and strength of the spirit that we lean on in these times when we need the Lord to sustain us. Yo, I believe that. And I want to pray for you uh, here this morning. Oh, our great God and Savior, you have been, Lord, a sustainer and encourager. You have been our strength. You have been our help. You are my refuge. You are my strength. You are my strong tower. You're my deliverer. You're my savior. You, Lord, are my redeemer. You are the one that supplies every need that I have and every need that this church has here today. And I pray, Lord, that you grant every one of us a measure of faith to know and to believe that your Holy Spirit is with us. Help us, God, to lean on the promises of the Lord. I ask you, Lord, today, God, that our fears, Lord, put them to rest. Lord, our anxieties that we have in our minds that we're concerned about next week, next month, next year. I pray, Lord, today that you bring a peace, God, that would pass understanding. You've done that before in the past. And Lord, it's not too difficult or challenging for you to supply that very need at this very moment. 
I pray Jesus today, Lord, that there are homes that are represented Jesus by this church. The Pentecostals of Dothan. We're scattered, Lord, all over this city. We're scattered, Lord, all over this county. There's some, Lord, that, that even are across state lines and even beyond the borders of our counties. I'm asking you, Lord, today that you step, Lord Jesus Christ, into every one of the homes of the saints and help us to know and to believe that you're our strength, that you've got everything taken care of. I pray, Lord, that today in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Jesus' name. I'm going to ask these men, y'all just let, y'all had not turned us off yet. I want Sister Regina just to play for just a moment. And um, I pray you felt the presence of the Lord here this morning. And there, there's 10 of us here in this room. I felt the strength and the power of the Holy Ghost. And God's got every one of us in His mind. And we're in His hands. In Jesus' name. May the Lord bless you.